0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 210 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. If you are watching this on the YouTube channel, You can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can go to Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Luminary, wherever you listen to podcasts. I will be there. If you are listening to the podcast, I am on the Anxiety Project YouTube channel. Go there to see the video version of the show. Today, I'm talking about these three deep, meaningful truths eye-opening truths of anxiety, these truths really opened me up to a different world I never knew existed. This is wisdom, deep wisdom that you need to know. And if this resonates with you, please share this episode with someone you may think will benefit from the show because, you know, you might just change the trajectory of their life so today the first truth that i want to talk about is that if you were properly oriented to the highest good and you're making the right sacrifices the people around you will be less worse than they are and this is absolutely true when i first worked on my internal world on who I was I noticed that the people around me were greatly impacted on my new trajectory on my new perception shift and this is massive so the more independent you become the less of a burden you will be on those around you I just released a video on the YouTube channel um, about being independent and why anxiety sufferers crave that independence, why those role models around you resonate so much with you, right? And it's because they're in so much control of their circumstance because they're making all of these sacrifices. And that's really interesting. So sacrifice does play a huge role. So you're making these sacrifices, your life gets a lot better. And these sacrifices are no easy feat, right? You have to literally... change the programming within you, the programming that has been so known to you for a long time, that has been on repeat for a long time, and to scratch that record, it's a very painful process, and I'll get more into that process in this episode, but to go back to this first eye-opening realization, I noticed for me, When I first opened up online of the anxiety and the pain and the suffering, I battled, which was no easy thing for me to do because I felt like I was exposing all of my weaknesses. right? And I was, that's really what I was doing. And I felt like people were gonna perceive me as a weak person when I would do this But quite the contrary, I found that it took a lot of strength for me to literally pin up my weaknesses on the town square board right? So everyone could gather, the crowd could gather around and look and analyze my weaknesses right then and there with me just standing there saying, yep, that's me. Those are my weaknesses. That's what I did in my past. That Those were the habits of my old self. And the list goes on and on. And it's, it's a very brave and courageous thing to do that. But here's the thing. When I did that online, so many people messaged me back, not only People from my childhood, which was really interesting, but I noticed that people from around the world would say, Man, thank you for opening up. I'm battling with this. And they started to open up about the struggles. And then the more people opened up, the more I realized, Man, life is a tragedy. And, you know, We we tend to compartmentalize all of the, the challenges of our lives over and over and over again. And this not only facilitates anxiety, facilitates shame, guilt, but by doing that we don't develop the tools and the strategies necessary to combat life's tragedies. We actually get weaker the more we ignore the truths of what's lurking under the carpet. The things that we've swept under there. The things that we've locked away deep down in a drawer within our unconscious mind. We forget about that. and But they grow. And the fears grow and grow. And then... Whatever life throws our way, you know, it's just, it hits us way differently. We're way more sensitive to those blows, right? But we can lessen everything down in those drawers. We We can resolve and heal from all of those different past emotional traumas and memories. We can. And then that'll help us move forward in life on a different playing field. Really, really we'll we'll have the inner resources, the inner tools to well, whenever whatever life throws our way, yeah, we can handle it. I I know how to handle it because I do it every day. I'm already setting myself up for success every morning by facing challenges. Right? Doing things I don't want to do every day makes me into a stronger person. But anyways. I noticed that a community was starting to form around me when I would open up about my inadequacies and my anxiety. And, that, and that, that was so cool because people just wanted things to be better. And because I wanted things to be better in my life, and then I sh- by sharing that, everyone else was like, yeah, you know what, I want things to be better in my life if you are wondering how to change your external circumstances first you have to change your internal state first so you have to be the example right and i cannot tell you how many people around you will absorb your positive habits and implement them which is really really cool also you will know who is toxic and who needs to be subtracted from your life when you change your circumstance so when you decide to orient yourself in the re- in this other direction just to be better just to just for life to treat you differently you will start to notice the people who will actually try and drag you back into your old ways because by improving on yourself that only exposes the inadequacies in those people and so there's two things that they could do the first thing is try and get you to come back down to their level or they'll be like you know what what you're doing is working I support you and you know what maybe I need to work on that too and so they have this ABC mindset, always be curious mindset. And lastly, I want to talk about this quote and to quote Dostoevsky. And this is amazing, this blew me away. He says, A human being is not only responsible for everything they do, but for everything that everyone else does. I love, love this quote. I think this is my favorite quote of all time. And I love how he structured this quote. A human being is not only responsible for everything they do, but for everything that everyone else does. And he says he puts responsibility for yourself first before the responsibility of everyone else. So when you take care of your internal world, when you shift your mindset and you work diligently on you and your habits and your sacrifices, then everything else in the world, everybody else, In the world, that shifts. They will shift. You have to change your perceptions first. And then now that you're looking at everything, not only yourself, but the world from a different perspective, that's when you can really make the heavier sacrifices. Maybe you need to let some people go in order for you to get to that next level of development the second anxiety truth you need to know is if you remain narrow-minded and ignore the call then don't expect things to get any better quite the contrary acceptance over your suffering is what presents the path forward admitting that you are powerless over your suffering and that you need help in the lion king this is a great example of that where simba was lost he was lost he was on pleasure island for a long time with timon and pumbaa right up until he was about 20 years old say you know he was on pleasure island goofing around and then Stumbling out of Pleasure Island, he winds up into a desert where he looks to the stars and he admits that he doesn't know what to do. He's lost. And because he realizes this truth, this this deep truth within him, a voice comes about. The voice of conscience appears. Rafiki, the shaman, appears. And then he asks Simba, the question is, who are you? And so Rafiki tries to remind Simba of the spirit that resides within him. The wisdom of his father. The wisdom that has been forgotten. Rafiki tries to remind Simba that he turned his eyes away from The responsibility. He roamed way too far off the map, away from the kingdom, which needs to be revivified. Same goes to you, the listener. Your kingdom, the kingdom of you and the home you inhabit, maybe that needs to be revivified. It's in disarray, it's in chaos. You're not properly oriented. And thus, the kingdom around you is crumbling. It's a mess. And it's very common, all too common, with the people I coach who suffer from anxiety. Their home is in disarray because they are in disarray. Their house is a mess. It's cluttered with things. Nothing is in its right place. And their mindset is a direct reflection of their home. And their home is a direct reflection of their mindset. It's chaos. But you start to revivify you and heal. And properly orient yourself. Then God knows how... how much better your life could be. And so Rafiki, he makes Simba look inwards. And he makes Simba confront his inadequacies, the truth, right? And what's interesting is that Rafiki guides Simba to this pond, right? And this pond is... A, it symbolizes the unconscious mind because water symbolizes the unconscious mind. And so Simba looks into the pond, but he can't see past the water, right? He, he only sees his reflection. But then Rafiki says, hey, look deeper into the water. And that's so, so damn cool because you can't, see into the unconscious mind until you get past your damn reflection you have to look past the ego you have to look past your reflection and he does that Rafiki says hey look deeper and then he sees his father's spirit in the water he sees a more adult him who's more aggressive and self-actualized and that's just brilliant So if you're not willing to shine a light on what stupid behaviors you are doing daily and how far you've roamed off the path, there's no entry into the next stage of your development, period. You can't see past your ego. You can't see past your reflection. There's no going deeper. You can't go deep into the unconscious mind. And suffering, well, that's where you will remain, so if Simba never reflected internally on himself, then he would have remained on Pleasure Island with Timon and Pumbaa eating bugs, which a lion shouldn't eat, by the way, being a 50-year-old, 20-year-old, right? And you see that all the time. You might be that person, but you see it everywhere. Someone who's 50 who has who is still running the programs of a 20-year-old. And so let's go on to this powerful story of Jonah and the whale. Now, in Jonah and the whale, God speaks to Jonah and he tells him to travel to this place called Nineveh and to try and save this corrupt kingdom, this kingdom that's lost, right? So think of the kingdom of your home that's corrupt and lost and, and messy and in ruins, Right? And so Jonah, well, he decides to run away from God because the responsibility was too intimidating, too daunting to confront. So he jumps on a boat. He sails further away from his responsibility. And because he's sailing further away, the storms sent by God becomes so intense the, the further away he sails and they become unbearable. The storms are too much. And so Jonah admits to the crew of the boat that he might be responsible for the storm. And so he gets thrown overboard by the crew. And this is so interesting. So shining the light on the truth That's no bloody picnic. Jonah had to shine a light on his inadequacies. He had to admit to these people, hey, it was probably me. And that's no bloody picnic. Especially if that truth has been swept under the rug for a long time. So, You will certainly feel like you've been thrown overboard. But Jonah, who gets swallowed up by a whale, he spends that time in the whale reflecting inwards on himself and his mistakes and how he ended up in the situation he's in how how could this be how could this storm have gotten to this level of magnitude and so he had to bring about all those low resolution problems up into high resolution and then after this deep self-investigation god has the fish throw up Jonah onto the shores of the responsibility he ran away away from. He threw Jonah up onto the shores of Nineveh, and now he's ready because he's done the internal work. He's done the internal reflection, the truth-seeking, right? The challenges are not over. He has to revivify the kingdom. That's a great challenge, But for him to get to that responsibility, he first had to open up and confront the truths of his situation. So to reflect on the second truth, if you remain narrow-minded and ignore the call, then don't expect things to get any better. Quite the contrary. The first anxiety truth that you need to know. That which you most need will be found where you least want to look. In other words, in filth, it will be found. If you are looking to find courage, then confronting the fear is what's required. Throughout our lives, we stack up the things we do not like within our unconscious mind. Qualities of your parents that shocked you when you were a child that you do not want to shine a light upon. But because you don't, you are triggered when a coworker embodies that trait of your father you refused to acknowledge. Or you do not incorporate positive aggression into your personality because your father was aggressive in a very impulsive and painful way. So you said at a very young age, maybe unconsciously, that this aggression should not be a part of me because of the pain, the aggression your father inflicted upon you was so great. And you you hid from that, you moved that part of your personality deep within your shadow. The parts of you that you do not want to incorporate and confront. And But we all need the positive aggression or we'll be too too naive. We need to incorporate that aggression. But some people, they might not because of how they were abused from their parents at a young age in regards to our past emotional experiences we can revisit them we can confront the fear now and we can learn to let it go and i want to reference harry potter because jk rowling this is it's so deep she lays it out beautifully and it's 150 percent true in the third book professor lupin who's the teacher of defense against the dark arts introduces to the class this entity that transforms itself into the thing you most fear it's called a bogart a boggart. And if you train off this thing, then you will desensitize yourself from the fear. It's a reframing tool that's real in psychotherapy. It's called reframing. And what it does is you perceive the fear one way, but you can perceive the fear in a different way. And When you perceive the fear in a different way, its hold over you will be a lot less. And by confronting the fear, you will learn that there is more to you than you think. You will build on your courage. And when you build on your courage, you will be able to handle more challenging things life throws your way because you've built upon your courage. Interestingly enough, The Dementor, which Harry fears the most, by the way, and, well, that's anxiety itself. The Dementor is literally anxiety itself. But, you know, Lupin puts it quite nicely. Lupin says to him, You fear, fear itself. And let's look at the the Dementor. What the Dementor does when you come into contact with it. First, it freezes you like it sends this icy, cold shiver down your spine. And so ice tends to follow the Dementor, which resembles freezing, right? That's what happens to a prey animal when a, a predator is near. You freeze, right? It, you don't move. That's a ancient alarm system deep within your brain. That's there to keep you safe. So you freeze, right? So the Dementor freezes you, but then also it makes you revisit traumatizing memories, dark memories. And that's so cool because that's what happens when anxiety hits somebody, right? There's usually a dark memory involved, a deep association from your past emerges within you, from within, and You relive that, and then you relive the traumatic emotions. And so you're kind of frozen there in time, reliving that. And then you kind of eventually come back to feeling emotionally drained at the end of it all. And that's what happens to Harry Potter. The Dementor comes. It makes Harry relive the traumatic moment of his parents being killed by Voldemort. He wakes up and... He's drained, right? And Lupin's like, here, Harry, have some chocolate. You know, it'll it'll, it'll help. It'll, it'll add, give you that energy that you need to come back to. And that's really, really, really cool because Rowling just laid this out perfectly. So Harry has to learn from this Dementor Bogart, right? So it's not a real Dementor. It's the Bogart that transforms itself into... A Dementor and, and Harry has now has this opportunity to confront the thing that he fears the most and be the person be the the embodied resource he needs to resolve the fear and to overcome the fear. So he reframes the fear. That's what he does. And he does this in two ways he he does it through ridiculous right that's the that's the magic word right the the students use to transform the fear into something silly so that's changing your perspective over the fear right but also the other way harry does it is through happy memories through the Pat- patronus charm right so he conjures up this charm and the only way you can conjure up this charm to protect yourself from the Dementor is to think of the happiest memory. And so what he's doing there is he's 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 lessening the dark memories and the, the power that they have over him and he's strengthening a new perspective. He's he's training these positive, reflexive memories instead, right? And that's the thing. When I was suffering from anxiety, all of my negative thoughts were so reflexive. I had to train myself through a great great way is the elastic band technique. I slapped the band on my wrist. I changed the momentum of the negative thinking to positive thinking, I'll replace the negative thought with a positive, empowering thought, an image that I can use that will overtake the negative ones. But you have to keep doing this over and over and over again so that they become the, the dominant force rather than the old negative ones. And, th- and that's how the pathways of the brain work right the the more the more you entertain something that thing will be of top value to you and you'll lessen the old pathways so so the anxiety suffer man they've practiced negative thinking for a long time so reframing that's an unbelievable tool to use necessary tool to heal and overcome anxiety. So you have to confront the fears. You have to bring about the memories. You have to replay them out, but also reframe them and learn the lesson. So you're taking something that is low resolution up from your unconscious mind. You're analyzing it. You're confronting it. You're reframing it. You're making it into high resolution. You're changing the emotional weight of that memory and now it no longer has a negative impact over you rather it's more neutral or even positive positive. and that's where i'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode thank you so much for being here with me today remember rise above anxiety i will see you on the next podcast episode bye for now Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details Recovery starts now